When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good morning, everyone. We are back with another edition of DNVR Rams Live. As usual, I'm your main man, Justin Michael, a.k.a. J. Mike, a.k.a. JTM. I'm with my guy, Andre, the main man, Simone, rocking the green, proud to be. We're we're back on the green and gold vibes. Ag Day was great. Orange out vibes through the roof. We're going to dive into that a little bit before we set the scene for Utah State. But uh, we're, we're getting into the, the heart of football season, man. I'm, I'm excited. I feel like we're starting to get both on a national level and just with these regional teams we cover, like a pretty good picture of what these teams' identities are. Yeah, it's uh, all this fun little, you know, deductive reasoning that we do in non-conference of, well... Middle Tennessee uh, kept it close against CSU, but CSU almost beat CU, who beat Nebraska. That means Middle Tennessee is better than Nebraska. All this is going to go away in just one week where the real deal Holyfield starts. Happy to do this. And it's nice. The Rams are two and two. They're two and two. And yeah, I mean... The, the transitive stuff, it's always fun to dive into. And obviously, those are it's flawed because football is a week-to-week game. And yes. it's very easy yes. when you do stuff like that to all the, you know, you feel good about a win and then you go back three weeks later and you're not feeling good because you dive into their schedule. And it's <laughs> like the reality is, is it's about who that team was that night. And mm-hmm. teams play, you know, out of their mind certain nights. Teams, you know, let you down. Middle Tennessee State, a great example. They were up 23-7 last night somehow ended up blowing that game in the second half and losing. I was feeling amazing about my middle Tennessee pick. I cannot believe they got blown out. I can't either. I mean, Jacksonville state, they're on a roll. I think they're five and one now under rich rod. So kudos to them. Good program. Um, But the reason I bring this up is just that the wins over middle Tennessee state, the the wins over Utah tech, are they going to be glamorous? Are they going to be ones you look back at the end of the year and like reminisce on? No, but they are the grindy, gritty, just like pull it out when you don't have your best game type wins that CSU, frankly, has not been able to do in a long time. And that's it's, the big thing. And it's coming off of just a heartbreaking, deflating loss against CU, yeah. which, frankly, I've seen it happen. Games that were far less competitive than that one, where you you put so much into that showdown. And I think they put even more into this one with all the, the hype, you know, and the mm-hmm. national conversation that when you lose, that can be really deflating. And all of a sudden, that one, what should just be a non-conference loss, shouldn't be something that kills your season, ends up turning into this emotional hangover that lingers for like three, four, or five weeks. And all of a sudden, you know, that one loss turns into three, 
four in a row. And I think just getting to 500 was huge for this team. I really think in the BFN era of Rams football, you're seeing a team that is trying really hard to turn that page and go from being from having losing habits yes to winning habits and how hard that transition can be i just i probably the rest of the season i'll think of that video of them talking during halftime of the middle tennessee game and feeling like man they feel like they should be a smidge more confident than they are there but it's a team that's been through a lot of losses talking right there For and trying to rally themselves. Yes. And they do. And even in this Utah tech game, a game that we previewed last week and we're thinking, boy, if there was a spread on this, it should be 25 plus for the Rams. And it's still a tighter than it should have been in the fourth. I'm seeing a program that's still working out of some of those losing habits and turning them into winning habits. And in both these wins, and I mean, and you see this in the showdown as well, right? That's a team that has developed some losing habits and can't quite turn that corner just yet at the end of the game. Yeah. Which, I mean, and that, look, that's a game that could have gone either way. We could nitpick it to death because there's a million points scored, a million flags, tons of shit that went down. And you still see it, you know, they're still getting too many penalties. You don't expect a team like Utah Tech to run the ball as well. But... When push comes to shove, the way the defense kind of took over against Middle Tennessee, the way they can go to Torrey, the yeah. way they can go to Dalton when they need it. I mean, fuck, is it that final uh, touchdown pass to Horton? That BFN yeah. throws an absolute laser. Perfect timing, exact, like perfect placement, exactly where it needs to be. Only Torrey can catch that. Torrey's due with that ag helmet was like, holy shit. Like, let me live in the the 70s again for one day. (laughs) Um, These little things that might not mean as much when you just look at the win totals of some of these opponents, I feel like they're they're small steps that are really huge, man. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not perfect. And, like, we wanted, you know, I, I set some goals going into that game. I wanted to see them score 50. They didn't do that. I wanted to see them hold them to 20 or less. Um, you did do that technically. Um, but I, I mean, when the, when the game was there for the taking, they were able to pull it out. And I think it's yeah. just the resilience of this group that stands out more than anything. And I think a lot of that has to do with the confidence that radiates top down. You mentioned BFN. I think he's a major part of that. Yeah. I think the staff calls the game more confidently knowing that they have these guys and they're going out and executing. You're just... Yeah. You're seeing a team figure it out and it's not perfect. They haven't played a complete game yet. And that's Far kind of what it. encourages me is frankly, it's like you're kind of playing two good quarters a game and you should be three and one right yeah. now. Yeah. I mean, they have talent. That's evident. They have made significant improvement. That's evident. I mean, you allowed 25 sacks in the non-conference late last year. You've allowed five to this point and three of those were the quarterback running out of bounds behind the line of scrimmage. Like mm-hmm. they are leaps and bounds from what we have seen now. Has the defense lived up to exactly what we thought it would be? Not yet, but they they are flashing. And I think what's important is yeah. the defensive line is what we thought it would be. Yep. They have talent in that secondary. They just they need to shore up these lapses in coverage. There's yeah. far too many missed tackles. Yep. But they also have these long stretches where 
they're able to get off the field. And I think that's really important. Like you can play Ben don't break so long as you are actually getting stops, forcing turnovers in the end. And when you're putting up points, which is what CSU is doing right now. Well, and the, as you said, the play calling's more confident offensively. It's because you're sustaining drives. It's like, God, that was such an issue the last several years. And last year, even with this staff, you know, between Clay seeing Ghost and the O-line just being a disaster, you just weren't able to sustain drive. So it's very that's very hard as a play caller. It's very hard on a defense. You're right, the defense not quite there. But when you have an offense that can give you a lead, you can have those stretches where you take over games, where your front can just, like, get after it, take over game. And, yeah, we played Ben, ben Don't Break, and then we came up with those two plays that completely flipped the whole thing. It's the margins, man. That's I mean, football. you have you have guys that are capable of legitimately determining the outcome on four or five mm. key plays. Mm-hmm. And right now, CSU is doing a good job of making the most of those. Yeah. You get the three Torrey Horton touchdowns. You get the ball to Holker uh, in space, and he's able to turn up field and, and take it for a touchdown on a play that most tight ends would probably take for 15 yards. He yeah. takes it to the house. I mean, they're just they're doing... They're doing the little things, and their biggest players are stepping up, which is just encouraging to see. Because it's not like CSU hasn't had talent over the years. No, they've. I think this is several years now. They have had often one of the, if not the best player in the entire conference on offense, and one of the, if not the best on defense. It's the same this year. It's just those guys are making consistent big-time plays every game we've seen them in. And the depth's better everywhere else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Which is the other thing, you know, kind of to hit on moving forward is, and Norvell's been pretty open about this, is we're not in the same position we were in last year. Last year, there were guys who were talented, but frankly, probably should have at times been benched for poor performance, but they didn't have the depth. They didn't have the guys. Like, you just had to roll with who you had and hope that it played out the best. They're not in that position. There's, I mean, the secondary was struggling. Throughout that second half, TJ Crandall, true freshman, getting a lot of time at corner and at nickel. They're Jalen Gardner, a safety who Jack Howell's been raving about since the beginning of camp, just a freak athlete out there, track star out of Texas. He's getting playing time. Like, you know, I don't I don't want to single a bunch of guys out individually, but I think it's it's telling that these guys are, are getting reps from, you know, Dom Jones and Aiden Hector and, and Ron Harge and some guys who've had some rough moments. I mean, yeah. Hector's gotten burned in coverage way more than you would expected. Harge had uh, the big defensive touchdown against CU, but he also had the the lapse in pass coverage mm-hmm. right before halftime against Middle Tennessee State. And there were just some instances in third and medium, third and long there in that second quarter and, and really early in the third too, where they were just getting beat a lot yeah. like off the line of scrimmage. And it, it's concerning, but it, it's also... Nice to know that it's not just lip service with this staff. Like, all right, we're going to put the right guys in. If you're not practicing the right way, if you're not prepared, like we have talent, we don't have to just rely on you anymore. Well, in year two, I think you're really seeing the returns as a full recruiting cycle and getting this, uh, you know, this roster right. Alex asks here, any updates on the depth chart um, from what you're kind of alluding to with some of these, you know, these in-game changes yeah, you like, saw in Utah. Tech. I mean, they're not going to put it on paper officially, anything like that. Um, but I, I do think that like Aiden Hector is a guy who's going to have to play better more consistently at nickel. Um, Dom Jones and, and Ron Harge at corner are guys we need to see more consistency up from. Even the safeties in the back end, like Jack Howell and Henry Blackburn, you guys know how much I, I love these guys, both as 
players and as individuals. Some of my favorite people that have ever been in this program, aside from the fact that they're talented football players, but we've just throughout that secondary seen far too many lapses in coverage. We've seen far too many missed tackles. And it, what's been really weird is they've seemed to come in spurts. Like the defense will be good for four or five series mm-hmm. in a row. And then all of a sudden you have this stretch where you get like six missed tackles and three mm-hmm. plays and they go 70 yards. It's happened in uh, three weeks in a row now. And it was a problem against Washington State too. So run defense missed tackles concerning with how the Mount West is stacking up. And I mean, the toughest teams are going to be your regional rivals and their bread and butters running the ball. You better tackle against Air Force Wyoming, those kinds of teams, plain and simple. Silver lining in the situation. They were really good against the run against Washington State. They were really good against the run against CU. Uh, borderline great at times in those games yeah. against Pac-12 yeah. teams. I thought they were dominant in that second half against Middle Tennessee State. So yeah. you essentially have... Well, that's a good line. Yeah, I you've see. got about three or four quarters so far out of the 16 that you've played where the run defense has been an issue. That said, the numbers as a whole, you're still number three in, in run D in the league and you're number three in total defense as well. And like that's as as rough as it's been. Like this defense has not lived up that's to what we fun. thought it would be mm-hmm. because you have guys that can create tackles for loss because you can get after the quarterback. It's kind of making up for it. And frankly, we saw the defense kind of flash in spurts in the non-conference slate last year. And, and we talked about, you know, well, they adjust well in the second half. Right. That's continued. I mean, two weeks in a row, you cut the, the rushing numbers down by more than two yards of pop. I mean, those are huge defensive adjustments. Mm-hmm. Freddie Banks deserves a lot of credit for that. Yeah. And I mean, at the same time, I think it's fair to, to criticize the effort we saw earlier and point out that if you did that for an entire game, you know, against league play, you're going to lose. And if you don't clean up some of these issues, it's going to hurt you in a game that's winnable. Hey, man, they've got it all in front of them, but they do need to clean up some things. There's no doubt about it. And I mean, I think in retrospect, people look at this two and two record and kind of think, OK, you kind of won the two you were expected to. You lost the two you were expected to. It's not that simple. Washington State, you got to really throw out the window because the quarterback change has obviously been such a difference. Yeah, I mean, it's a different team at this point. Showdown's double overtime, like on the road. It's just a different deal altogether. Middle Tennessee, you got to remember, they're underdogs in that game. And it's on the road. It's true. I mean, this is technically the first time they've been favored Mm -hmm. the entire season. And that's Um, a different thing, too, for a team that's building winning habits, being the favorite, being expected to win. It's not that easy. And you've alluded to that. I mean, we've seen we've seen the Rams kind of blow games that they were expected to win, blow games at home where it was like, man, oof. So many times that like you get, I mean, even when you're up seven, 10, nothing feels safe. You're in that spot where it's just like, you're just waiting for the other shoe to fall. And I don't want to get too repetitive, make the same points I've been making for weeks and weeks here, but winning teams find ways to win games, even when they don't have their best Patrick Mahomes, the chiefs. How many times have we seen them go down two scores? How many times have we seen them have a couple of turnovers? Oh no, the chiefs are in trouble. And guess what? Guess who wins at the end of the game? The chiefs. Bad teams, teams with losing tendencies, losing, losing habits, they they find a way to drop the games yeah. even when they perform yep. well. Yep. And yep. so right now we're seeing that transition process. It's not perfect. There are things they got to clean up, but the top-end talent is performing at a level we haven't seen in quite some time. Clearly the depth is better. They have playmakers on both sides of the ball. And like outside of the top two, I mean, Air Force and Fresno certainly feel like they're Kind of, they've really established themselves as those best two teams as the front runners right for the, the conference championship. But like 
it feels wide open at this point and you only have to play one of them. It's a beauty. I'm also, I can't believe uh, Boise State. Another close loss. I can't wait to get into all this. Man, it's all in front of them, though. It's all, it's in, front all in front of them. We're going to get into uh, the rest of the Mountain West at the uh, end in the third segment here. We're going to transition and, and start setting the scene for this Utah State game. But if you are trying to keep up with all the college football action this weekend, no better way to do so than with Fubo Sport, uh, Fubo TV. Excuse me. It's the best way to la- watch live sports. You can stream from any device. It's the best way to watch the most Colorado sports. You get altitude, which is huge these yeah, days. No, it's insane. Uh, I mean, even <clears throat> so, everyone talked about the Comcast blackouts with altitude. Then Direct TV blackouts started to where I can't watch college football on Fox. Yeah, or I can't watch just a disaster. MLB playoffs. Everything's terrible. Fubo's been such a godsend this fall because you can catch all the college football locally. Red Zone's a super cheap add-on. I think it cost me 10 bucks to add that on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, Altitude's coming down the pipe. And it's month to month, right? So, like, you never know when the next shoe's going to drop, the next stupid blackout. Okay, well, you maybe Fubo doesn't work for you anymore. You can just move on. Right now, it, especially in Colorado, it is the best deal. All these other teams are coming out with some select subscription plan to just see that one team watch all your teams with just fubu it's a crazy good deal and use our code dmvr make sure you do that um get 15 percent off your first month when you use that code dnvr at fubo.com slash dnvr also want to shout out the homies at DraftKings sportsbook america's top rated sportsbook app you guys know we love DraftKings. they've been with us pretty much since the beginning at least as the dnvr side goes Uh, The NFL season going strong. DraftKings is hooking new customers up with an offer even stronger. Bet five bucks on any game this week. Score $200 in bonus bets instantly. All customers, though, can take advantage of a sweetener offer every single game day this October. They did it in September as well. DraftKings just makes it more fun. I mean, when you got a little skin in the game, it makes any matchup worth watching. Um, what you games know. are you looking forward to this weekend? I mean, obviously the Broncos Jets is not the the sexiest game in the world. Who we got on Yikes. Thursday night football tonight? Thursday night, it's the Bears. Uh, so the team that I hate most in the whole wide world because my wife is a Bears fan. <clears throat> we always get each other excited when the Bears are on TV and the Bears ruin our evening. So screw the Bears. We're fading them. Um, but no, there's some awesome matchups all around. And it's kind of like future adjustment time, NBA. Finally, we've got some value on the Nuggets. It's a beautiful time, J-Mac. It's a beautiful time. Beautiful indeed. Get in on that game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use the code DNVR. New customers score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's with the code DNVR. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8787-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. All you got to do is call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. Licensee partner, Golden Nugget Lake, Charles, Louisiana, 21 and age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.com. Dra- excuse me. Sorry about that. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Whew, that's a tongue twister, but we made it through. Boom. Let's set the scene a little bit Nailed for it. this Utah State game. Yes. Um, 
I'm going to talk about the history a little bit. We can go into it. This is a game that is almost always interesting. Um, the all-time series, it's 39-37-2 CSU. So they've wow. met a bunch of times over the years. The Aggies, obviously, a, a whack school for a while. I mean, regionally, it makes a ton of sense. But over the last 10 years, which is when Utah State has been in the Mountain West, this game has been just a fist fight. There have been nine total games they didn't play in 2020. Uh, but in those nine games, Utah State has won six of nine. Five of them have been one possession games. Three mm. of them have been decided on the last play of regulation, and no game wow. has ever been decided by more than two possessions. These are two schools that most years tend to be evenly matched. It, it tends Crazy. to be a great game that comes down to the wire where if you're on the winning side, you know that it, you know you did just a couple things right. If you're on the losing side, it's like, oh, man, that one was there. Mm -hmm. And uh, last year's a great example. I mean, as a four-point loss, that said, much like what we said with Washington State and Middle Tennessee State, these aren't the same Rams that played Utah State last year. They're not. I mean, Giles Pooler, nothing against him. Had the the great touchdown pass on the fake field goal against MTSU, mm -hmm. a walk-on from Fort Collins. Works his ass off in practice, like great teammate, all that kind of stuff. That said, I mean, they yeah. were very limited as a passer that day, and it, it was obvious. I mean, 11 to 32 for 144 yards, one pick. It's the only game in Torrey Horton's career Crazy. he didn't have a catch. That's such a stat right there. Um, that really tells you everything. Yeah, and I mean, you're seeing this reflected in how different sports books are treating this game, uh, where the Rams are slight favorites on the road, some places one and a half, like uh, like DraftKings, some places I've seen the Rams at two, some places I'm seeing the Rams as high as three. Um, ESPN's app, for example, has the Rams as favorites. They just, we looked at it earlier, minus two, that's shifted to minus three. But then they also have ESPN's analytics matchup predictor where they're predicting Utah State to win 71.5% of the time. Um, so very torn. I think when you look at these rosters, you look at how these teams have performed from a bit more of an impartial uh, vantage point, if you will. The Rams should kill them. As long as the defense lives up to its potential, this is a game that I feel pretty confidently that CSU should win. Um, I will say, obviously, Utah State, they can they can score some points. I mean, they, they average 37 points a game. They're a very explosive offense. They're one of those teams that this season has gone down a couple of times, like double digits, and then come storming back. They did it over the weekend to beat UConn. They go down, I think it's like almost 20-0 at one point. They come all the way back mm -hmm. to win the game. Um, at the same time, like, you look at like who they played and I, I don't, it's it's just a weird team to gauge at this point. Their Very stats are going to be inflated because they scored 78 points against Idaho state, <laughs> yeah. a terrible FCS team. So that's going to prop right. you up a little bit in terms of your statistical production. They hang against Iowa. That's a big 10 team, a top 25 team, but everybody hangs against Iowa. It's just what they like. Mm -hmm. Iowa would play it's a good game against Alabama. City. They yeah. would also play a good game against Colorado school mines. That's exactly right. No, mine's might My, upset yeah. them, in fact. Um, no, and Air Force, Iowa are the two teams that keep them low scoring, good defenses. James Madison, UConn, they actually put up points. You know, UConn might have some talent. They're not very good this year. No, they're awful. I mean, and it's it, to me, yes, they come back and win that game, and that's a huge win for Utah State. I mean, in, in terms of keeping your, your bowl hopes alive, now they come back. They really 
could uh they really need to win this game is I guess what I'm trying to say. I'm getting tongue tied here. They already lost at home to JMU. They already lost their league opener oh. against Air Force. You don't want to fall to 0-2 in the league slate because that kind of more or less takes you out of Mountain West contention. We'll see what happens. I mean that's what really stands out, man, is their con their um schedule is so tough. They have the Rams at home, then they host Fresno State, then they have to go to San Jose State, and then it's at San Diego State, more winnable game hosting Nevada, and then it's Boise State. After this non-conference, to go into a conference schedule that's like that, it's that's, rough. They might not win another game, you know, midway through. They might not win a game till Thanksgiving, man. Well, and that's they're what's not so, that bad. This isn't like your no, it's bottom not a bad of the team. conference and power ranking team. That's what's hard to gauge with them is like you could very realistically see them. You know, San Jose State really struggled. They could eke that out. Like, let's say if yeah, they beat CSU yeah. and San Jose State, that's four wins. And you beat That'll Nevada be five, yes. San Diego State, that's a winnable game. Like, you could see them in a bowl game. You could also very easily see them winning, like, one, only two more games the rest of the season, especially with what they're doing defensively. I mean, they are just getting torched to the air week after week. I mean, with what CSU is doing right now, I, I I feel like the Rams are going to move the ball. They're going to score points so long as they don't beat themselves in that area. You know, dumb turnovers, execution errors, that type of stuff. To me, the big question is which one of these defenses can step up. And on yeah. paper, this is a CSU defense that has a lot more talent. Like Ike Larson, Utah State's safety, he's a stud, um, all-conference player last year, one of the leaders in picks, actually blocked the, the extra point that allowed Utah State to win that game at UConn. He's a guy you got to know where they are, but like mm-hmm. they don't have Mo Camara coming at you on the edge. Like That's their right. defensive line is it's solid for the Mountain West, but it's not like CSU. It's not like Wyoming or Air Force. You feel like you should be able to do your thing offensively in this one. Biggest factor in this might be quarterback change. I mean, they've been using all sorts of different quarterbacks all season. Did they finally find their guy? in um against UConn in Cooper Legis. Do you think that's who they stick with here? Yeah. Uh, McKay Hillstead got a concussion. Um Hillstead's a better pure passer. And yeah. he's the guy who's put up the majority of their big passing numbers this year. You do have to credit Cooper Legis. He came in, they were able to, you know, mount mm-hmm. that multi score comeback on the road. Yeah. And I'm never gonna poo-poo that. True road wins in college football are, are hard to come by. Eleven of thirteen for two hundred and four yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions coming in and spot duty and led the team in rushing yards too. So I mean, monumental well, effort for him. That's the thing that you gotta really be careful with with Legos, especially is he's got some ability to beat you with his legs. Yeah. They have some receivers on the outside, Terrell Vaughn and Jalen Royals, right. who are studs. I mean, those guys, 11 total touchdowns on the year. Granted, again, statistically kind of flawed um, mm-hmm. just because Royals pulled out three of those in the the win last week and then the 78 points they had against Idaho State. Like, you know, a lot of their productions come in two games. That's all I'm trying yeah, to say. I see the match. I see the match. But, I mean, these are playmakers. And if, if you're not defending the run well like you did last year, if you're missing tackles and you're giving them opportunities to set up play action, that's going to be really tough yeah. for the secondary. Yeah. yeah. Um, stopping the run is going to really be key. Limiting Lagos on the ground, I think, is the other key right here. And then, I mean, on offense, you better feast, man. You just need to sustain drives and get things going. I was seeing a question about um, Avery Morrow injury update. We'll see. Probably going to be another couple weeks. Um, 
I will say from not having that weapon in the run game is big to me. Yeah, I, I I'm guessing this week it's going to be Kobe Johnson and Van Shield. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't expect to see to see the other guys out there at any point this week. Um, I think it'll be probably a couple weeks. Um, unfortunately, um, we're just gonna have to see. I mean, it's a tough spot. He definitely was not moving around well, uh, from what I've been told. Um, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think this is a big test for the Rams. It's been a, a couple of these now back to back to back where it's like the old CSU would not have won this game. The old CSU would have found ways to botch mm-hmm. this process. I keep saying these are not the same Rams. Here's another opportunity for them to go out and prove it. They're not the same Rams. And if there is something that's been proven, even if in a small sample size, BFN on the road, man. That's where he has made his mark. He's a dog, man. On like he's... the road, unfazed, cool as a cucumber. And it's for a redshirt freshman. It's just been really impressive <laughs> yeah. to see the yeah, composure and confidence that this mm-hmm. guy plays with. Like mm-hmm. he had to know, you know, going into that CU game, it's going to be not like the shortest leash. They're not just like obviously they didn't pull him after he threw the early pick to Shiloh. But you know that like Clay had been the guy for a couple years. The staff had invested a lot of time. There's a lot of pressure on him on top of everything else that goes in the context of the rivalry and all the trash talking and everything else. Mm-hmm. And this guy, since he took over, has just been calm, cool, and collected. Have there been freshman moments? Yes, that pick in CU, rough one. Great against Middle Tennessee State. Comes back, has a couple turnovers against Utah Tech. Um, you can live with them, though, is the thing. The, the first one, it's, it's a so scramble situation. It's so much better than a gun-shy quarterback. Exactly, then. and yeah. it's a touchdown. If he gets more air under it, I, I, you could see it in the moment. Holker breaks towards the end zone. It's going down the sideline. The safety didn't follow him. He just left a little too much air underneath it. The DB's right. able to come back and get it. Then he gets stripped from behind when he's trying to evade pressure. Got to have two hands on the ball. Learning moment. The, the last pick, he's trying to throw it out of bounds, and he just didn't get enough on it. So, again, like... Learning moments. If you're gonna throw it away, throw it in the freaking stands. Like, don't leave it up for a DB to go grab it. But it's not instances where you feel like the decision making as a whole has been bad. He really has a firm understanding of what this offense is trying to accomplish. And frankly, he understands that my best friends are Tory Horton and Dallin Holker. And if I get the ball in their hands, good things are gonna happen. It's not gonna be that hard on me. And that's what they're doing. 230 yards after the catch per game for CSU right now. It's a beautiful thing. When in doubt, just go to those guys. I mean, young quarterback's best friend. No better way to learn on the job with them with those two outlets. Well, and it's I'm also, sure. I mean, it's evident. Like, obviously, the O line is so much better, but I mean, oh, how much God. were we missing that outlet in the center of the field last year on third and short? Having that Dallin Holker presence to stretch the seam occasionally, but more than anything, just keep the sticks moving. Hundred percent. It's been massive. He is such a weapon. He's a stud. He's, I mean, he's, uh, there've been some pretty good CSU tight ends over the years. And no, I know. And yeah, he's just, he makes more big plays. Um, some of it's the offense. I mean, like you put Trey McBride in this offense, he's going to have double digit touchdowns. Probably doesn't win the Mackie because he's not going to get a hundred plus targets. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's just crazy to see, uh, only one touchdown shy now of tying the single season record for touchdown receptions by a CSU tight end. Three different guys have done that over the years, but I mean, we're only four games in, which is is just wild. The wild, truly the production we're getting out of him, out of Tori, out of Mo and all these guys, a couple of keys real quick, and then we'll move on preview the conference slate, wrap it up. 
Uh, third down efficiency on both sides of the football. When CSU has struggled, it's been instances defensively where they're giving up those third and sevens, third and eights constantly. And that's those have been the situations that have been frustrating to me from the secondary where guys are getting burnt because it's it's like you just got to be solid for like two seconds there and the D-line is going to get to them. But you need to be consistent there. You need to get off the field when you have the opportunity. And then, you know, vice versa, when you're on the field, you're converting right now 46%. You're a top 40 offense in the country in third yep. down conversion. Keep doing your thing. Have to. I mean, that is really a key. I think it's more the defensive stuff, though. Like, I know that's going to come. You got to, the missed tackles have got to stop. Like, that's that's just a focus. You know, the, the gap issues, that, that's got to stop. That's just execution. That's focus. That's guys, you know, trying to do a little too much at times. You love the effort, but just stay disciplined. And yeah. especially against a quarterback like Cooper Legas, who, if you don't keep him contained, I mean, we have seen that bite CSU at times with these mobile quarterbacks being able to mm-hmm. create outside of the pocket. Yeah. Do you spy him? Not until he proves that you have to, because I don't think he can. I know he had this great game against UConn over the top. When you look at his, I watched him all last season, and there's a reason they went to Hillstead over him. Like he had 11 touchdowns, 10 picks last year. He's a guy who's going to get like six, seven yards in attempt most nights. No. He does not make him prove that he can beat you consistently with that arm. You know, play man coverage, play tight. Blitz, mm-hmm. like get after him, make mm-hmm. him prove that he can step up and be that guy. They have good receivers. They're yeah. they're gonna make some plays. You're not gonna shut them out or anything like that. Right. But just like prove that you can go out and make the type of throws that Braden's made all year. And because I don't think he can. Yeah, force him into that. And it's true. I mean, those wide receivers probably more of a threat than him as a running threat. Got it's why you gotta tackle in space though what it all comes down to. I mean, you miss tackles, the whole thing falls apart. So, and we see that with the Broncos right now. Like, yes, they're playing way too much off coverage, but you can do that if you tackle well and your D line's generating pressure, neither of which they're doing. That's a whole different thing. Right. Anyways, (laughs) (laughs) capitalize in the red zone. That's the last thing I want to say. A couple of red zone turnovers last year, so the numbers aren't great. Finished about 53-6. That was a huge issue for CSU the last couple years. Um, they they just got to get it going. I got a great stat here from my guy Addison in the comment section. Interestingly enough, Utah State, so let's say 18th and CSU 23rd are both among the best in first and second down efficiency. I believe, I mean, there were there was over a quarter stretch there where CSU didn't even have a third down on offense. They're making the most out of first and second down. Utah State is mm-hmm. as well, apparently. So got to got to make plays early and often, but also get off the field. Yeah, get off the field, force them into a second and 10, and now you're behind the sticks. I mean, that's what that tells me. This is the Jay Norvell offense, you know. I mean, this is the whole point of the air raid and staying on schedule and going from first down to first down um, and having to avoid second and third down altogether. But doing that on the other side of the ball, really key. Going to be huge. Uh, we're going to talk about this weekend, but I do want to shout out our friends over at FOCO. FOCO, oh, a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. Nobody does it better than FOCO. They've hooked us up with all kinds of set decorations. They yeah. always have our back for Colorado sports, and they will have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in our description for all non-presale items. Use the promo code DNVR for 10% off your order. Also, when you get hurt, backs and shanker, they're here to help. 
Bax and Shanker, they win for Colorado families. They have been helping those who are injured in Colorado for more than 25 years. They're free until they win money in your case. They're, there's no fee to speak with you up front. There's no fees while they're working on your case. There's no fees unless they win your case and win money for Oof, you. They've already won over a billion dollars, Dre, with a B for their clients. That's a, that's a lot. That's a that's lot of a money. Lot. That's yeah. that's more money than I have. I can say that confidently. <laughs> <laughs> now Thanks. with even more locations, they serve all of Colorado. They got offices in Denver, Aurora, Inglewood. Shout out Fort Collins, Bax and Shanker. They've got the strength and power to win your case. More than 30 lawyers and 100 staff. Bax and Shanker helps all kinds of injury cases where you weren't at fault. Car accident, motorcycle, rideshare, pedestrians, trucks. They can even help if you're injured at work. Call Bax and Shanker at 222-2222. Find out if you have a case for free. Bacchus and Shanker wins. All right. Yes. Let's get well into done. the Mountain West power rankings. Oof. Let's get Let's into our picks. There's only three Mountain West games this week. They're all Saturday Crazy. at yeah. uh, 6 p.m. too. So, Not good. Not good, guys. Figure that out. Figure it out. Come on. Don't they yeah. know that I've got multiple games to watch? Yeah. Um, we'll start at the bottom of the Mountain West power rankings. We'll work our oh, way yeah. to the top. Back to our roots. Back I love to it. our roots. Not a lot of movement at the bottom. Nevada 0-5. Um, this might be the worst team in the FBS. Every time I see Nevada, it's like, oh, right, Brendan Lewis. Yikes, they're in such trouble. It's, I mean, to their credit, they are playing harder. Like, their games are getting closer. Um, it's a tough <laughs> Yeah, I mean, spot. it wasn't a complete blowout to Fresno. No, I mean, honestly... Nevada's D-line gave Fresno some fits at times. Uh-huh. Um, it was a game where I, I came away being like, Fresno's still solid, but you can you can push them a little bit. They're, it's going to be interesting to see how they handle some of these big-time yeah. matchups. Um, but yeah, Nevada, we're going to put at number 12, at 11, Hawaii. <sighs> I mean, offensively, they're fun, but they haven't run the ball the way I thought they would. Their offensive line reminds me so much of CSU's offensive line last year. And that makes sense because that program in a lot of ways is in the same spot CSU was. You're trying to completely rebuild just a broken roster and it's a tough spot. We love Timmy Chang. Um, they pulled out a couple of wins. I mean, two and four, but that incredibly D is enough. I bailed on them a little while ago. I do think there's a little late November Island magic that they may be cooking up. But aside from that, yeah. Hawaii CSU is what they week are. 12 finale 9 p.m. at Hawaii 9 p.m. Mountain Time so Ooh. hopefully the Rams have already uh, achieved bowl eligibility um, this is where things get really interesting here because I'm I, I'm considering putting New Mexico over San Diego State right now I've got UNM next um, I am so out on the San Diego State no team. kidding like I just I you watch them, they have no offensive identity. They can't throw the football. Defensively, they don't, you know, they're not as solid as they've been. They've got some athletes in the secondary, but teams are running all over them. Air Force caught them to the air actually a couple times, but I don't know. I mean, New Mexico, they've got a legit quarterback in Dylan Hopkins, which is more than you can say about San Diego State right now. Um, I, I'll put New Mexico and then San Diego State. So we've got Nevada at 12, Hawaii 11, New Mexico 10, San Diego State 9. But uh, San Diego State, man, three straight losses, got absolutely murdered by Air Force. And obviously Air Force was great, but I mean, that game wasn't even competitive. No, I mean, it's just like even that felt like, well, San Diego State, they're bad offensively, but maybe the defense is decent enough to kind of slow down Air Force. 
Not in the slightest. Well, in San Diego State, they have the problem now that like guys are starting to leave the team, you know, because after four games, you don't want to lose your eligibility, and they've lost a couple defensive starters now to the poor. It's it's three months ago. This was a Pac-12 team, Pac-12 school. Crazy, crazy how Nuts, all this man. played out. Um, I mean, worst San Diego State team in how long? Ten years, probably. So it's been a long while. Yeah. I mean, they they had a stretch there where they were really solid. No and kidding. Obviously, it started with Brady Hoke, who then left and has now come back. But my preseason bold prediction was that Brady Hoke would get fired before the end of the season. And right when you schedule. look at the attendance, when you look at the way that team just has no juice, despite the fact that they have a new stadium, despite the fact that they had all this excitement with their athletic, like nothing gets a coach fired faster than empty seats. So... Wow. That's just comment. what it comes down to. Great commentator from Business Mike. as he's known. <laughs> <laughs> Above them, I do have San Jose State, despite the fact that they let me down week after week. Um, I just really love Chevin Cordero, and that's what it comes down to. I just can't quit you, Chevin. It's I, another one where it's like, where is the bottom on this squad? I would hope we, that every we week we kind of think we found it, like San Diego State, and it's just like, no, nah, nah. Bottom might be further down. It won't get much lower than this. Do have a tough game at Boise this weekend. Um, coming above San Jose State, we've got Utah State two and three. Um, I I think Boise State, because they can run the football, because they are tough, I give them the slight edge over Utah State just right now. Uh, that said, I mean, I think it would be an interesting game, especially if Utah State got their passing offense going because that's where Boise's really struggling right now is, is to stop teams through the air. Uh, I mean, those two teams, hard to decipher. If you combine Boise's off, I mean, I don't know. To me, it's a situation where like one and two, those two are for sure. The bottom two are for sure. Three through nine or 10 are somewhat debatable. And you could like make arguments that, you know, I I don't know. It's close. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) Boise State right above them. We'll see lost a game to Memphis that they were up double digits in on the road. Memphis, a really good team, but <sighs> Boise is in a weird spot. They're in that, you know, you, we're like used UCF. to winning. They're not now. They're, they have a quarterback controversy. Like they're, they're kind of forcing it unnecessarily. Um, just a really weird team. I'm not sure what to make of them either, but it's crazy how there's been all this kind of turnover in the Mount West. Might gonna be more. It's gonna be a little bit more of it too. Um, I dropped CSU one spot from four to five. I jumped UNLV from six to four. UNLV's defensive line really impressing me right now. They're getting after the quarterback. Oh. They're running the football. You are on them early. They've established something here with Doug Brumfield. Um, UNLV's legit, and that game to Vegas is looking tougher and tougher by the week. That said, you know that's what makes this game against Utah State so important. Like. All of these games are going to be hard. You can't afford to drop a bunch of winnable ones. At three, I've got Wyoming sitting there at four and one. I still have major questions about whether offensively it's sustainable. That said, Harrison Whaley, stud in the backfield coming off a monster game. And Peasley's just kind of doing his thing. Like He's like a game manager, but the team believes in him. He's got kind of like that Baker Mayfield persona, even kind of looks like him with the headband. Yeah, a little bit. They're just buying into it. Not the same quarterback, but just a mentality type deal. Only losses to Texas, and they were tied into going into the fourth. I mean, they've been impressive. Tough they as have hell. They've been impressive. Yeah, they're tough as hell. That's 
a team you just you don't want to play uh and you don't want to go up to Laramie and play which we're uh, we're fortunate to do as well yep. so a lot of tough games coming up for the Rams uh, wrapping it up at the top I have Air Force at one Fresno State two I flipped it from last week Fresno I still think with their pair of power five road wins from a g5 perspective that's pretty tough to beat I just I genuinely believe that Air Force is the best team in the conference when you look at what they're doing on both sides of the ball. I think they're more complete than Fresno. Exactly. Both sides of the ball, I do think they're better. And just what they're doing against Mountain West teams, too. Like, they didn't play anybody in the non-conference slate. It was kind of hard to gauge. But, I mean, dominant, dominant wins over San Jose and San Diego State, Mm -hmm. who are, you know, middle-of-the-pack teams in the league this year. Yeah. But it's not even close. No, they, they just tore them up to smithereens and we were talking off air you're seeing them pass the ball more they've got confidence i mean they're they're evolving they're They're adjusting less Mm -hmm. cut blocks Mm -hmm. they've got to change some things and they're doing a good job i mean calhoun remains one of the most underappreciated coaches in the country no doubt about it man no doubt all right we only got three games so this isn't going to take us a ton of time i I can get some questions here as well shout out to charlie thoughts on the younger receivers uh lb didn't get much action versus utah tech will he continue to return kicks uh jay ross has breakout catches but not as consistent as last year this is the thing that i talked about coming into the year guys you can't get too caught up in the week to week outside of guys like tory and dallin they have so many weapons at receivers now it's going to be a situation where one week Justice Ross Simmons goes off for 100. Then it might be Lewis Brown, who had the big game against Boulder. Dylan Goffney got into the mix. They're starting to work in Jamari Person and some of these freshmen. I mean, they've got a lot of guys that can make plays so long as the passing offense as a whole is doing it. Like, I don't think you can get too wrapped up. I mean, it's it's almost kind of like the Broncos in the Manning years. Like, you knew DT was going to do his thing, but it might be a Decker game. It might yeah. be a Julius Thomas game. Yeah. That's the benefit of having increased depth. Um, I will say it is telling that Makai Fox still not seeing the field, a former, you know, four-star recruit, one of the highest rated recruits to ever sign with the Rams. We'll see what happens there. That's all I'm saying. I don't want to speculate too much. He's young. He's got time to to develop, but I mean, we're hmm. seeing guys like Dawson Menegotti see the field before him. True freshmen are, are getting on the field over him. It's the second year in the program. We've heard time and time again with these receivers, they have talent, but the staff wants consistency. They've got to develop the the right habits. And the thing that makes Torrey Horton so good, he's has as much raw talent as anybody in the building, but he also works harder than everybody. Right. And we need to see them do the right thing. I mean, you see it with CU and like the Cormani McLean situation. It's not just about talent. It's about are you doing the right things so we trust you enough to put you on the field on game day. It's a huge change from high school to college. All the adjustments. I think some of the NIL stuff sometimes is. Oh, especially an guys are getting paid before they even show up. And, you know, do you have the work ethic at that point? I mean, it's it's a lot to balance for these 18 year old kids. And I understand that. I was a shithead at 18 years old, made a million wrong decisions between totally. 18 and 21 years old. Fortunately, didn't screw up my life too much, but certainly made it a harder road than it needed to be. So I'm like, I just want to be clear. I'm not trying to like dog these guys. It's not personal, but it is telling. When you know you have a guy who's a four-star recruit in his second year in the program, and we're seeing true freshmen and former walk-ons, you know, get reps over him on game day. It's a great point. That is telling for sure. So we'll see what happens there. Um, but I am really excited about all these groups. I wouldn't be worried about Justice, Lewis Brown, Goffney, any of these guys. I think they are all in for huge years. I think we're gonna see some of these freshmen as well. 
Um, well, and those are like the next line of guys. And that's what you need. Like You need them. BFN's going to need those guys to be his next superstars like as early as next year. And I mean, like a guy like Justice Russ Simmons, like his raw athleticism, Lewis Brown, these guys are freaks. Like they, yeah, Lewis Brown's sick. They keep working, they keep improving their, their route running abilities, their ability to make guys miss after the catch. And this is an offense that's going to be well functioning for multiple years because I mean, you've got a redshirt freshman quarterback in BFN who's really sure. only scratching the surface. Um, got a question from Sean here. What's the future for Clay? Is he FCS bound? Maybe even a different Mountain West school? Clay's in a tough spot because of NCAA rules. Um, he already transferred once, so he can't transfer again without graduating, um, without penalty at least. He'd have to lose a year. <sighs> I mean, I, I could see him sticking around and trying to finish his degree, maybe transferring after that. You could drop down to the FCS. That wouldn't be shocking. It's a tough spot for him, though. A guy who thought yeah. he was going to be the face of the franchise, more or less, and it just didn't play out that way. But, I mean... Hey, you got a year plus an off season to do that, you know. Well, and I mean, you got to credit the staff for it. that's not an easy decision to make. You've invested oh, this sure. much time in someone, you're only one game in. I think a lot of coaches, out of sheer stubbornness, would have been like, no, we're going to figure this out. And then maybe you waste two or three games. And instead of, you know, the offense coming alive against CU, instead of pulling it out against Middle Tennessee State, maybe you're like 0 and 3, and the offense has never found its groove. And it's just, right. it's a horrible spot. So it's, you feel for Clay on a human level, but I mean, this ain't intramurals, brother. And I'm tired <laughs> of CSU losing. So BFN's the dude. It's his team. We're not looking back. Yeah, no doubt. Um, any news on recruiting? Uh, I don't have any scoops or anything as far as guys to keep an eye on. This class is more or less uh, come together. There'll be a couple more guys that you add late. Um, but you got to remember, they've signed so many guys these last two cycles. As long as you don't lose a bunch of players to the portal, they're not going to have you know, 40 scholarships to fill like they did last year, right. which is a good thing. That is a good thing. It's really hard to do that on, on a consistent basis. And it's encouraging that the guys they have brought in in these first two cycles making big plays. Uh, let's get into the picks, though. I'm, I'm monologuing. I feel like I'm hogging the mic in this one. But let's let's talk about this Fresno State-Wyoming game because this is one of the best games in all college football. I mean, Fox put it on primetime, 6 p.m. game on Fox itself. That, that's telling. It's a great one. Big test for this Fresno State offense. Especially this game as you in Laramie the is going to be rocking. A yeah. Saturday night, I mean, the weather is looking like it's going to be good. That's a factor for their attendance. It's if it's you know crappy, it's hard for some some people around the state to get into Laramie. It is really tough to get there. Like just being fair to them, it is. Um, but even from CSU. Oh yes, even I mean from Denver and Fort Collins, it's a it's a process. Yeah. Wyoming six-point home dogs in this one. Their front seven has been incredible. They've run the ball. At the same time, though, you just worry, and this is what I've talked about with Wyoming from the beginning, can you keep pace with Fresno State in a 30-plus point game? Yeah. the Is it Jalen Gill? Yeah. He's he's awesome, the senior wide receiver for Fresno. They've got that little scat back who's a... Uh, they're solid. Incredible. Man. They do have some playmakers. Can Wyoming push them around in the trenches enough to kind of eliminate that? Here's what I'll tell you. Simple brain, Wyoming all the way. Home dog covered a six. I'm going to sprinkle them out right. Sharp brain, they're begging you. They're begging you to take Wyoming and lay those six. They're, they're triple dog daring you to do it, man. They are. 
and it's early enough in the year where a road game to Wyoming for some kids from Fresno isn't as unbearable as it would be in, November. in a month. Give me Fresno the cover. Hate that pick. Hate it. It's why I love it, Justin. Yeah. I'm going to take Fresno as well. Boom. I think go if dogs. you're going to bet on Wyoming, maybe you just sprinkle the money line and, and go for it outright. Um, mm-hmm. I the just, other thing is, if you're in on Wyoming, you're in on the under. I don't even have it in front of me, but I'm just telling you, you're in on the under. Yeah. I mean, that's left. That's how they play. 44 and a half. I love so it's that. baked in. Yeah. It's baked in. I, I don't see this being a shootout. Um, I think it's more likely going to be like a 2017 type game. Whoever has the ball last. Um, I do think this Wyoming defense is good enough to really, really test Fresno State. And with the way Fresno's Nevada's D line gave Fresno fits, I think they'll keep it really tight. I just, that's the thing. Fresno's, Fresno's D is so good that I wonder awesome. if Wyoming is going to be able to do enough offensively. Big, big week for your power rankings in that top three. That's huge. I mean, we're going to find out a lot about the league this week. Three really important games. Uh, obviously, oh, we'll do CSU last. San Jose State at Boise State. Boise, 10-point favorites on DraftKings this morning. That's a big spread for yeah, a team that has not played consistently. That said, yeah, San Jose State, they're tough as well. I'm going to take the Spartans to cover. I just I love Chevin Cordero. I think they have the best quarterback in this matchup. I think they at least keep it tight. Um, whether they could win it or not feels unlikely at this point, but Give me the Spartans. What a disaster. Boise just doesn't really have it this year. San Jose San Jose State basically feels like what I said about Hawaii last week. Like, I got to stop believing. I got to give up on these guys. And then they that won. said, Boise has no, no business being a 10-point favorite this season. None. It's just too big of a spread for me. Like, at least not against San Jose State. No, Maybe yeah, the Nevada, bottom two, right? Mag- the bottom yeah. two in the league, Hawaii, Nevada at home. Okay, UNM maybe San Jose State. That's a smidge too rich this year for Boise. Out of principle, I'll take San Jose. Boise doesn't have Boise doesn't have ten point favorite in them this season. They don't. They just, I mean, and let the, not in the way this play, works is if San they Jose just State. lean on Genty. He goes for multiple touchdowns over two hundred on the ground, which he's certainly capable yeah, of. I mean, sure. he's producing like a freak. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, with what you're seeing from Boise secondary, like it could be an instance where Boise mounts this 80-yard drive. They, you know, take seven minutes off the clock, but then you give up an 80-yard touchdown, and it's like, oh, well, tie game. Yep. Um, that's a bummer. Yep. And that's why it's it's just so hard to play that way. I mean, I think Adazio Ball was a pretty good example. CSU was pretty decent in the 20s under him. It's hard to execute when you have to play four or five yards a pop all the way down the field, especially when it shrinks. And that's where Boise's at right now with the lack of passing offenses. It's just like big plays matter. That's why the CSU team, modern football, man, six plays of 20 yards or more in that last win. That's huge. We just, we haven't seen that in so long. It's a great thing. It's a beautiful thing. Let's get to these Rams. CSU, one and a half point favorites on DraftKings. Um, Circa, I saw three. at the beginning, had them as like four point dogs. Again, there's been a lot of variance with, with to lines. Three. Taylor was saying in the comments, he got them earlier in the week at like plus 110 on the money line. And now they're minus, they're, oh, there you go, minus 108. Now they're minus 140. They're minus 155 on DraftKings well, right Vegas now. Vegas is finally given 
a little bit of love. And it sounds like most of the money coming in is on CSU. So it's makes sense. It makes sense. I, yeah, the Rams cover, they cover whether it's one and a half, they cover whether it's three. Um, so Rams team total 34 and a half over. Yeah. Huh? I think if they win this game, it's, you know, offensive explosion. So you're feeling the over period, which is set at 64 and a half for this game. Yeah, I mean, based on what you, both these defenses have given up a lot of points. I mean, based on what we've seen thus far, I think the over is the play. I like CSU's team over. I like I, you can get, I think it's like total touchdowns prop DraftKings offer as CSU yeah. at five. Yeah. Uh, you can get that at plus money, I think. Um, I like that. There's a, I just, I, I don't see how this Utah State offense stops CSU. For me, the big question is can CSU's defense play? Instead of playing C minus football, can you play B minus B plus football? Even A game would be great to see, but can you just like play a complete game, basically? First two quarters against Wazoo is what you're asking for. I think they got it in them. This is one of those where I might be buying a six and a half spread on the Rams at plus one thirty five and boom, nailing that. I like that a lot. I mean, I think they're a touchdown better in my in my Heart, I do, in my I do gut, too. in my brain, it's not all just the CSU allegiance. I mean, I genuinely do think from a talent perspective, this is a game where the Rams are better. Their strengths are better than Utah State's strengths. Execute. I've said time and time again, you're not the same old Rams. Prove it. Go out on the road. You're 2-2 two and two for the first time since 2017. The last time you won in Logan, also 2017. Get it done. Go out on the road and, and get that road win. You've passed the last two tests. You know, they haven't been A pluses. You're not perfect, but go out and keep building and, and keep your hopes alive. I mean, if you just keep stringing together wins in these 50 50 type games, all of a sudden you could be sitting there at, you know, three and two, four and two, five and two, and then you're in that Mountain West mix. Anything is on the table, which is what we have been saying now for a month. That's exactly right. But it starts with taking care of business in this first game of conference play. Big kind of low-key barometer. We'll see. We'll see. Shout out to all you. Thank you to everybody in the comment section. If you could give us a thumbs up on YouTube, I would appreciate it. A shout out to everybody listening on the audio only side. We will be back Saturday night, live post game. Um, we're, we're back to Saturday night this week after that Utah State game. So make sure you're tuned in. I'll have another podcast in between that as well. Uh, Much love, y'all. Always proud to be. Go Rams. Peace. Scummy like Martin Scarelli, turn jam into jelly, then drink it like juice. The water's the truth, so I sip on that too. Skinny looking kid with no car keys, like the only thing I drive is RCRV. He's got the stash like Steve Harvey. Oh, I'm gnarly.